Hi everyone, my name is Owen McGabinawa and I'm the Community Engagement Officer here at Street Process. And you're watching this interview because you want to discover a step-by-step -step, uh, content marketing process to use to generate leads and more sales for your business from a proven expert. And today, my guest, his name is Dan Norris and he is the founder of Informly, that, uh, which provides you with actionable data to help content marketers engage their audience and create content that grows their businesses. So, uh, Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so the big idea that we want to learn today is basically uh, we want to learn a step-by-step -step process that you currently use to create content for your blog. And then second big idea that I want to uh, discuss during this show is just the step-by-step -step process that you use after the content has been created to promote uh, and distribute that content so that you can use the content you just created to generate leads and sales for your business and we want to learn from how you're currently doing it and the audience are you know eager to hear how you do it in your business. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so, um, one of the things I always like to do is, and sorry for cutting you short, is that I, I, wanted, I always want to get the audience understanding, you know, you know, throw out a, a quick result as to what you're currently doing in your business, like a highlight that lets them know, hey, you know, quickly, you know, uh, results or stats regarding what you're about to teach them already in your business in terms of content marketing. What's one highlight or stats that you can share with us right now? Yeah, so, um, I mean, the way I see my business is I'm really just getting started. I sold my last blog maybe eight or nine months ago and I had to start, start again from scratch. So, um, I think everything's heading in the right direction. I've, I've sort of gone, I went from having zero visitors to a thousand visitors a month and it's, this month it's 15,000, last month it was 10,000, so it's kind of growing rapidly and um, getting up around a thousand conversions a month for email locked in and um, I don't know, I mean those kind of vanity metrics are, they're, they're probably not that impressive but everything's growing very quickly and pretty much everything I've done is, is results of my content. So. Um, I guess I guess those stats are okay. Well, I mean, the reality is that you started a, a, a blog from scratch and from zero visitors to where you're you're getting tens of thousands of visitors. That's nothing to, to sneeze at. That's something impressive. And also, one of the blog posts I, I I read the other day was how you show you know that some of those people who are coming to this site, your site, you're actually converting them into leads and also converting them into sales. So that, that is actually impressive. And so I just want to get the, the, the listeners to get like a quick backstory as to you know how you got started you know with this whole uh, uh, tool that you have now, which is informally. You know what was what need uh, did you see that made you say you know you want to bring it out? Right. Well, I ran a web design company before, and um, I did it for too long. By the end, I was just bored and wanted to do something different. I really wanted to get into like software, and I've been building this product to send my clients reports. Yeah. And um, that that eventually turned into Informally. There's there's basically two versions of Informally. There's an agency version, which is more or less what I started building back in the day for my own agency, which was a, a simple tool to basically give my clients a branded report with my logo on it that told them how their website was going and linked into Google Analytics and gave them rank tracking data and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that, that became the agency version of Informally. And, they're just a normal business, the kind of bloggers version has kind of evolved into its own analytics product um, and that's just kind of evolved over the last few months. And, and so we keep hearing about content marketing all the time and you know that's like the new catchphrase. I just want to give the listeners like a quick 
uh, introduction as to what exactly is content marketing before we share your process with them? Yeah, so I mean, content marketing, at least the way I talk about it, is, is more focused on the online aspect of content marketing. The term content marketing can be pretty broad and I mean, like my football club has a TV show and that's, that's content marketing, you know, that's putting out content that's appealing to their audience, that's driving up membership. Um, but the content that I typically work on and that I focus on is, is all online and, and most of what you hear about content marketing, at least for small business and blogger type audiences, which is and entrepreneurs, which is probably your audience, is mainly talking about blogging, um, creating valuable content, um, exactly what you're doing right now and engaging an audience um, and basically building trust with them and getting them to convert and eventually become a customer if they're suitable. And so what I get from content uh, marketing is that, you know, is this whole thing of the inbound approach where you're basically writing content that your, your, your prospective uh, customer will find interesting or maybe content to answer questions that they have in mind and that brings them to your site and that starts their engagement with them as opposed to outbound marketing where you maybe you're cold calling people, you're sending direct mail, basically stuff where it's, they were not even expecting you to reach out to them. But content marketing is more... They, they, they raise their hand saying, I want to find this content, and it just so happens that you have the content. Is that kind of like a quick distinction between both styles of marketing? Yeah, that sounds perfectly right. I mean, it's, it's sort of a mindset thing as well. It's like some people just are in business to kind of make money, and, and the only way they know is to do the outbound style of marketing, but other people are just passionate, you know, like yourself, about helping people, and they love putting out content that helps people and that, that ends up resulting in building trust with people and attracting an audience to your site that you wouldn't have otherwise, increases your Google rankings, um, increases the shareability of your stuff on social media and spreads your message and eventually builds your audience and, and builds your business. And so basically, uh, is there, I'm just curious, but is there a type of business that maybe you think this whole idea of content, content inbound marketing will not work for? Is it safe to assume that it will work for every type of business? I'm just curious. I'm not really sure how to answer that. I mean, you had a look at some of the stuff that Marcus Sheridan has done. I don't know. Have you had him on your show? Uh, uh, the Sales Lion? Yes, I know him. Marcus yeah. Sheridan, yes. Yeah, so, um, I mean, he started a pool company, like a fiberglass pool company, and, and turned it into the biggest company of its type in the States, and um, basically just started out writing a blog about telling people how much it costs to build a fiberglass pool. You know, so. Um, I think if you've got the right mindset about this kind of stuff, it, it can be very effective. I think, you know, in many cases, I think it can be more effective in those traditional type industries because you don't have the same level of competition. I mean, in our space, when we're, you know, looking to engage entrepreneurs and online marketers, there's, there's millions of, you know, podcasts they can go to and blog posts they can go to. But um, for traditional businesses, people aren't doing this stuff. There's a huge opportunity. And one of the things I, I learned from Marcus Sheridan was that basically his style is he made it so simple where it's, he, he brainstormed a list of questions that his potential customers have and I think came up with at least 50 questions that they have based on the stage of you know, where, where they are in the buying cycle because these are people that are trying to buy pools, swimming pools for their houses. And basically all the questions that they have, uh, have in mind, he brainstormed those questions and basically wrote content that answers those questions, and that's what—that's essentially what 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 he did for his blog and his content marketing process. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the, the beauty of it is that he he probably knew these questions already. Like he put a post up during the week, one of his clients, um, 
wrote, I can't remember the exact numbers of it, but it was something like 100 blog posts in five hours because he basically went to all of his team in his business, did a brainstorming session, said what are the questions that customers are always asking you, and he got all of them to write 10 articles or something like that, and before he knew it, he had a blog with 100 articles answering all of these questions. And one of the reasons why I have you on the show is because, you know, I'm impressed by how you went from you know, starting the, your informally blog from scratch, and now you're getting you know, tens of thousands of visitors every month, and you are like, you know, you, you create a lot of content. I mean, seriously, I said I had to get you on here to discover your process behind it. So <laughs> let's you know, go behind the scene and, and, and talk more about, you know, uh, how do you, you know, create content, because I think I want to break this interview down into several parts. There is the, the creating part of the, 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 the content, and there is the second part, which is the promoting part to get more eyeballs to see the content. And so let's talk more about you know, the, the creation part, the beginning part. You know, what process do you have in place for you know, researching and brainstorming the content in the first place? So uh, I suppose there's a, there's a process for coming up with content and then there's a process for coming up with good content. And they're, they're probably two different things. My process for having enough ideas of things to write about is, is very simple. I just write down everything I think about in Evernote and I mean I can show you my Evernote, the things out of control. But I'm never going to run out of ideas. Um, and you can, I mean I get ideas from anywhere. I, I, I'm sure I'll get a few from talking to you right now. Um, I work in a co-working space, people mention things. If I get an idea, I'll write that down. Listen to other podcasts, I get an idea. People comment on my blog and tell me what their problems are. People reply to my emails and tell me what their problems are. People use my software and tell me it would be great if your software did this and that tells me what kind of problems they're trying to solve. And um, I mean, yeah, if you're short of ideas, just, just using Evernote and just getting in the habit of writing down every time you have an idea is basically where every single one of my blog posts start. And so every time you have an idea, as it pertains to maybe something that your prospective customer would want to know about the product that you're sell selling now, basically the listener listening to this, is write, you know, just put it down somewhere, basically like a container that has all this information of the different ideas and just keep storing it in there. And now I'm thinking from, from the listener's perspective, okay, we have this storage place where we put all these ideas, what next? I mean, how do we know which of them is the next one to, to actually write about? Right, yeah, so I think, um, I think the, the, the good ideas kind of tend to rise to the top. I don't really have a, a process, and it's the same thing with my software. I kind of have all of these tasks that need to be done, but I don't really have a logical process that just defines which one gets done first. It's more that, you know, the more people ask about something or the more something seems like a problem, the more it naturally gets dragged up the list. Um, but, you know, there's a bunch of stuff I do which, which kind of determines if I write about something or if I create a piece of content and it's not normally to do with the idea. It's, it's normally to do with, um, like I've got a, like I guess a bit of a process that I use for creating something good out of a, out of any idea. So it, so it doesn't mean to be a great, uh, So what would that right, yeah, be? So, okay, so, so the first, the first thing I think about is strategy and that is, um, is the type of content I'm creating consistent with the strategy? So an example of this is the other day, you know, someone mentioned to me that video was working for them because they were getting good comments on their blog. Um, now, if their strategy was to engage their current blog readers, then video would probably be doing a good job. But if their strategy is to spread their message to a new audience, then looking at how engaged their current audience is is not really the best way to work out if that's the best content to produce. 
So that's what I make sure. Um, another example is when I was first starting out, I did heaps and heaps of guest posts because I didn't have an audience. I was starting from scratch. This was just towards the end of last year. Um, and I could have created loads of content on my own blog. And in fact, I, I created some really big posts on sites like Think Traffic and ProBlogger. Um, I did a massive post on software by Rob.com, Rob Walling's blog. It was three-part post. It was about 6,000 words. Um, very, very detailed, specific stats and stuff on there. It was about um, all the pre-launch stuff I did for Informly to, to build an audience before launching. And I mean, it, it kind of killed me not to have that on my own blog because it was the best content I could possibly come up with. But yeah. the strategy was to build my audience. And I didn't have an audience yet. So putting that on my blog is not consistent with the strategy because no one would read it. So, so, so that's the first thing, is, is creating content that is consistent with, with your goals. And, and um, I'm just curious for informally, what are the goals that you have? I, I know for me, uh, if I were to write a blog post, my thing is is to get people to sign up for our newsletter, just because you know most likely they they will not want to sign up for the sweet process uh, app itself immediately. But if we get them to sign up for the newsletter to get maybe like a checklist for us on when it comes to systemization, that at least starts that relationship. I'm curious from your standpoint at, at informally, what is that initial goal? that you want them to uh, accomplish, I guess. Yeah, it, it depends on the, the kind of piece of marketing I'm doing, but normally it's an email sign-up. But at, at the time, it was really just um, letting people know about the name and um, letting people discover the site. Like, at the time, I had no visitors. I invented this name. You, you went into Google and put informally in, and it, it, it corrected it to informally, and it, the name didn't exist, so my strategy at that point was just getting the name out there. So I was on a bunch of podcasts and um, just trying to help people as much as possible, doing a whole bunch of off-site stuff, getting people to my site, getting them to sign up for the pre-launch, which eventually meant they went on my list. Um, and then, yeah, and then at, at the moment it's more more about getting them on, on my list of content because I've got a bunch of uh, autoresponders and things built in. So I'm, uh, let me even elaborate on that a little bit because uh, I know what that was. Because initially when you started, the site did not even have content on it. So because you were starting from scratch, you knew that you know you, the quickest thing to do was to leverage other people's audience, maybe your, the, the, the potential people that you want to actually make use of informally. You went to look for popular sites that wrote about content that your your your, your prospective users will find valuable and then you did guest posts for them. So instead of putting those guest posts on your blog, you actually gave those posts away to those other people and left maybe a call to action to get them back on your site. And that was to build a list initially, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I still did content for my own site. I gave my best content away to other people and I still did content on my own site. I didn't do as much. I made sure I had like five or six really good posts on there so, and I could use that as credibility to get guest posting um, jobs. But um, yeah, now I do more stuff on site because I built up. I've got a, an email list now of six thousand people, um, and as I said, uh, fifteen thousand uh, visitors a month. So, so when I put content out now, um, that tends to get shared a bit more. And if it gets shared a bit more, more it means that it's getting to new audiences. So I'm, I'm more confident about putting that stuff on my blog and not having to, to give my best stuff away. I'm curious. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I, I think maybe you slowed down a little bit on the guest post. Uh, side of things, basically going and posting all the uh, content on other people's site. But I'm trying to give the people, uh, the, li the listener, a timeline. Uh, how long did you focus on guest posting, reaching out to other people, and at what point did you stop doing as much and now focusing on content on your site after you've gotten the audience that you wanted? 
and built the list? Well, I, I really started focusing on content on my site when I started to work out how to create content and promote it to actually get decent sharing results. Like, if I had posted a blog post on my old blog, I might have got five tweets, you know, and five tweets from people I know. Um, I might have got 200 visits. Like, 200 visits would have been a good result for a blog post when I first started out. Mm -hmm. um, now, you know, I've, I've got posts on my site that have had 5,000 visits that I, that I posted just last month. So once that, once you hit that kind of tipping point where you can put content on your own site and you can get thousands of visits for it, it, it starts to make sense to um, to put that best content on your own site. Okay, so basically you you basically came up with a benchmark and saying okay at a certain point uh, based on you know when you get to a certain level of whatever kind of uh, uh, benchmark you want to be, it could be sharing or even maybe, let's let's say something more concrete, maybe amount of people per blog post that sign up every new blog post you put out, then at that point, you know, you know, okay, you have a strategy that's working and you can just continuously keep it up and scale it. That's what you're saying from that, right? Yeah, yeah I think the, like the, the email list is important because I started out with, you know, with not many people on the post, but now I've got such a big email, well, it's not a big email list, but it's not bigger than it was. 6,000 um, is not it means so small. Yeah, so, so if I email um, people about a new blog post, then I know that, I don't know, at least maybe 500 of those are going to check out the blog post. If it's good, maybe 10% of those will share it. So um, if I can get like 50 tweets for a blog post, then it, it means that my content is going to get in front of a new audience. So I didn't really pick a specific number, but once I started putting out content that was getting like 150 tweets, once I knew I could do that on my own blog if I followed a strategy, then that's when I really started focusing on my own content. Okay, so I think I want to dive into that a little bit because initially you didn't have an audience. Uh, for this new site, so I'm trying to figure out at what point in terms of you know building the list, did you now say okay let me now focus more on my blog because now you you knew that if people on your list you send them the content they're going to share it more, and that blog gets more traction. I'm trying to figure out at this timeline what timeline would you stop focusing on the guest posting, and more on your own blog. Well, the truth is that I was always doing both, and okay. I think like. Yes, so I was probably doing like 70% off-site and then 30% on-site and I've gradually just winded up to more and more on-site okay. and just just the last couple of months when I started getting these posts that were getting a, a huge amount of traction um, is, is more or less when I started saying, well, I'm, I'm not going to do any guest posts for a little while, I'm just going to focus on on-site content and maybe 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 do it 80%, 20% now, so I'm still doing guest content. Mm -hmm. and I mean, I consider this to be guest content, like interviews on other people's podcasts yeah. rather than my own podcasts. So maybe like 20% to 80% rather than the other way around. Awesome. And so what is the process that you, you know, you, you told us of how you put your content into a bucket so that, you know, just you keep it there and you, you based on the questions you get from people, you let it bubble up. And that's basically your process. So you, you, you have ideas in this bucket, but based on the feedback you're getting from people in terms of questions, it bubbles up and bubbles up. And, they, and when more people ask you about a specific topic, you, you now know, okay, now this content in my bucket, a lot of people are interested in it. I'm going to write about that. So basically, that's kind of the process for figuring out what to write about. But when it comes to the actual writing of the content, is there some kind of process that you have for the actual, when you've chosen a topic now, is there a process that you use to write out the content? Is there a structure? How do you do that? There's not that much science to it. I mean, I, I write my blog post in Evernote. The, the idea is already there, and I just expand on it. Um, and I... Some things just come come naturally. Like I wrote a blog post the other week that, that did quite well. I think it had like 50 tweets, and it only took me two hours to write. 
um, other stuff I spend, like, like the big one I did last month was called The Ultimate Guide to Creating Content That Converts. And that was the one that got a few thousand visits and that took me a long time. It took me, I mean, it probably took me a day or two full time over the course of a week or two. So that's just constantly going into Evernote, adding more stuff and doing a bunch of research, looking on other sites, um, looking at the type of content that other people are liking, doing all the graphics as well. There's all, all stuff I kind of noticed that when I put this extra time into these posts and do the custom graphics and engage experts, get, get opinions from other people and link to them in the post, all of that kind of stuff. Um, results in more sharing and, and better content. So um, that's kind of how I feel. I guess what I was trying to get like at that. was that, you know, for me, I, I kind of like, if I was going to write a blog post, I have kind of like a, a, a template of what it should be, and it basically becomes a thing where I'm basically, I'm filling up the stubs inside of the, I call it like a, a, a skeleton post. Basically, I have an idea of what each section should have, but I don't have the content in, in there yet, so my job is to go and figure out each section what do I feel and put into it? And I'm just trying to figure out, is that how yours goes in terms of when you're building no, out the I body? Mean, I don't think so because I think the way, that way of doing it kind of limits you. I mean, like one of the posts, I've, the first sort of breakout post I had on my site was called 50 uh, Traffic Tips for Content Marketers. And, and the way that post came about was I looked at a copy blogger and what was working for them. And if you have a look at their sidebar, it'll show you their popular posts. and Something like seven out of eight of them are list posts. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought, well, I'm going to do a list post. So I had a, a whole bunch of ideas in Evernote about generating traffic. I'd already covered 15, 20 of them on, on the Rob Walling post, um, and I'd just documented a whole bunch over the years. And and I've, I'd also seen someone else had done like this interactive type post where you can mouse over a whole bunch of little circles and it would give you a little bit more information. It was totally unrelated to traffic, but it was something to do with how startups are monetizing or something. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, well, that would be a cool way to do this traffic thing rather than actually do a list of 50 tips for traffic, which would be pretty crap. Yeah. Um, I, I built this interactive thing where there's 50 buttons and all of them have a different tip and you mouse over the button and it gives you more information about that tip, that tip and a link through to the expert who provided me with advice to do with that tip. And so that combines the kind of graphical element, interactive element, it combined experts. Um, I emailed a bunch of people and asked them for, for tips on these subjects and listed all of those in the post and then told them when I, when I published it. And that just kind of all came together into this kind of interactive in, infographic, um, which worked really well. And I think if you were, if you were following like a structured writing type style, then you, you wouldn't come up with something like that. Okay, so you said just let it flow freely. That's, that's your style, it's just let it flow freely. Yeah, um, that, that seems to be what works for me. Yeah, for, for me definitely, I mean, that freestyle of writing is, is a little bit kind of hectic for me. I just want to always have like, uh, you know, a stop of, you know, each subsection, what each subheading should be, what goes into it, and, you know, is there going to be an example in here? Is there going to be uh, kind of a case study that I'm referring to something to emphasize a point? And I, if I know in each step what it's going to be, then it's a lot easier for me to just, you know, uh, uh, build out the content. But I like the yeah, fact that it's, saying, it's, the problem with that is that it's it's limiting you because even just using the word writing is limiting you because what what I ended up was not a written piece of content it was a graphical thing that was more like an infographic and if if you're thinking along the lines of writing then then it's too narrow you know it's it's content marketing doesn't have to be writing it could be graphical it could be a video it could be a podcast it it, it could be anything it could be a TV show um, 
So I think, I mean, I, I take it, take that point if you do set out to write a blog post, then I do normally have a bit of structure that I work around, but if you set out to create a piece of content, you don't know what that content's going to be when you finish, then, then that kind of structure is just going to limit you, I think. Definitely. And so in your case, once you're done creating content and you've posted it onto the blog, one of the other things that we want to learn about is, you know, your process for promoting the content and getting more eyeballs on the content. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, the funny thing is that my two biggest traffic sources, one is Google, and I don't do any SEO at all, and my Google traffic is, is going up between 20 and 60% a month. My, last month, my traffic from Google went up 68%, um, and I, I don't do SEO, I just create, I, I mean, when I say I don't do SEO, I mean, I've done the basic on-site stuff, and I just create the content. Um, so just doing the good content, and I've got a, I've got a you think I do do with SEO, basic content marketing type stuff, but it's not like backlinking or anything like that, and I've, yeah. I've written a post on that. But so, so I do get a lot of traffic from Google. Mm -hmm. um, my second biggest referrer is my email list, so every week I send out an email. Um, and I also include all of my content in my email courses. So I've got three different email courses. I've got an e-book that I'm about to release today. Mm -hmm. um, and all, all of that, and all my other blog posts as well, they all talk about other content that I've written. Okay. And that's, that's, that's really, really big. Because um, and and copy bloggers do this like you sign up to their email marketing course. I'd say their internet marketing course. All it is is links through to their blog posts. You know, okay. so they must be getting a huge amount of traffic from just their email list, their their auto responders. Um, so so yeah, that's that's the big thing. Um, and then on top of that, I I post to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn through um, Hootsuite. I reply. I ask people to reply in the comments and I reply to all of those. I have my virtual assistant come through a standard process which involves posting to uh, groups, some Facebook groups, mainly LinkedIn groups. Mm -hmm. So I write, out the, I write out the comment and she goes in in my name, posts the content, and then if anyone replies, I'll go and reply to those conversations. Um, she posts it to like uh, content aggregation sites like um, Hacker News, Inbound.org, sites like that, Dish Sugar is another one. Mm -hmm. um, she updates my signatures in, in all the forums that I participate in to include my latest blog posts. I've also got a, a wide stamp as a little app that I put in my email signature in Gmail that automatically links to my latest blog post. Um, sometimes I'll go in and answer questions on Quora. If I've got something that's particularly unique, I'll get her a bunch of research to find out what questions have been asked on Quora. I can go in and respond to those. Um, I do mentions tweets. If I mention people on my podcast or my blog post, she'll do a tweet that says, Owen was mentioned in this episode, which which sometimes people will retweet. Um, I do sometimes, like I've emailed some some pretty big name influencers sometimes, and just said, look, I've just produced this blog post. So I, did, I did this with my podcasting guide. I actually had already created this guide, um, and then I, I I thought, what I'm going to do is email a bunch of influencers and ask them to contribute to it. It already exists. I'll say, look, I've written this guide, but I want some expert opinions on it. Um, and I'll, I'll link you to this guide. I've got about 30 responses from all sorts of people, Chris Brogan and all sorts of the podcast answer man, all, all these people. Um, and so I updated the post with their advice that made it, you know, made the content better. And um, often those people shared the post as well. So even just cold emailing people works too. So it even seems more like uh, on the back end, there's even more work and focus on the actual promotion of the content. And in your case, the, 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 you, know, you have Google doing its work uh, as a search engine. It indexes your site and brings people you know, via search engine optimization back to your site. 
and you're not even doing anything other than just putting the post out there and making sure that you have optimized on-page uh, uh, SEO on your site, but you're not doing any kind of backlinking or anything. You just, you just let Google do its work. The next one I'm getting from that right. is the email. Because you're building your list, the, you know, when you get a new blog post, you know, you're sending a new blog post to your people on your list, and also because you have email courses that people, uh, uh, autoresponders that people receive as a result of joining your list, it also pushes people to your old content as well. And then you mentioned yeah. something about how your virtual assistant now goes into all the LinkedIn groups that you are part of and basically shares uh, the content with them as if she was you and saying, hey, you know, I have this new content on here. This is why you should look at it. Basically giving a summary, selling the content, and that brings more eyeballs back to the content. Those are like kind of the three main ways. Did, did I miss anything out of the summary that I just gave? Well, there's also sites like um, sites like Reddit and Hacker News, uh, Inbound.org, sites like that. They tend to be hit or miss type things. Like some things tend to go really well. Um, if, if your post goes wild on Hacker News, then you just get smashed with traffic. Um, but but generally they don't. Like even Big Sugar Hacker News, I've, I've very rarely had anything go too well on those sites. But they usually bring in a little bit of traffic, and if, if they do work, then they work well. Um, forums is the other thing, like my forum signatures. Um, so the, the, the thing with LinkedIn groups is LinkedIn seems to be smart enough to be able to tell what is good content and kind of ride that to the top because people comment on it and they like it and whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So you can just go into a LinkedIn group generally. I mean, look at the rules, but generally you can just go in there and just paste the link to your content and ask people to comment on it and ask them if they like it. Um, you can't really do that in the forum normally because of the rules and because forums are, forums are stupid and they don't understand the difference between a good post and a bad post. They just put the most recent one first. Um, but what you can do in a forum is have a forum signature and be active. And a lot of forums also let you reply to existing threads with a link to your content. Mm -hmm. So that can be useful too. So going in there and finding out what problems people are asking about and just, I mean, I, if I go into a forum where they're talking about content marketing, I absolutely guarantee whatever they talk about, there'll be something on my site that is relevant because I've written so much stuff. And I'm curious, is there, is there a way, I know that some of the stuff that you do when it comes to the back end of promotion of your content, you make use of your virtual assistant for that, but is there ways to kind of automate the promotion of the content? I'm curious, is there any ways out there to automate the promotion Probably. of the content? Probably. I'm not really into automation. I mean, the extent of my automation is, is delegation, really. It's just getting my virtual assistant to do some of it for me. And, yeah. But, but, yeah, automation, I don't know. I, I think... I think it just comes down to creating good stuff. For me, I, I do what works for me, and automation and SEO link building kind of shit doesn't work for me. Um, what works for me is creating good stuff and then engaging with people and commenting and helping them, and so that's, that's the way I do it. So I, I like how you shared the ways in which you, you promote your content. So now we've gotten the eyeballs on your new blog post. What are the ways in which, on your site now, because the whole goal, it seems, is to build the email list because you have like a series of autoresponders that get to you know nurture them and you know give them more and more content and get them to eventually buy, which is you know sign up for informally, which is the tool you're selling, right? The the tool that you know basically that's uh, what you're selling. But I'm trying to figure out you know what process you have in place when people new eyeballs come to your site or your blog post or whatever. What process you have in place to get them converted into a lead? Right, yeah. So this post that I wrote um, last month about creating content that converts was really all about this. And my ebook that I'm bringing out today is, is all about this as well. It's basically, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff really good. 
why you write the content has a big impact. I mean, if you're just going out and creating content and just doing what bloggers do, which is just create a whole bunch of text, then um, and with no kind of strategy behind it that that kind of entices people to opt in, then you're not going to get people converting. Um, so, so one thing I do is I try to learn from copywriters and I learn learn about the structures that they use to get people to convert. Um, and I apply those to my blog post so that I'm not just creating text, I'm trying to build interest in my mm -hmm. blog post. I'm trying to generate some kind of interest in, in the opt-in, which if possible will be related to the blog post. So it'll be a specific opt-in um, when possible to, that is actually related to the blog post. And that will convert a, a, a million times better than having just a general opt-in on the site. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's a 30-page ebook I wrote last week, so I'll, <laughs> I'll link you up to that. But, um, yeah, definitely. What I get from that basically is you, you try to make the context uh, and, and high relevance in the sense that if, your blog, if your, your blog post was about a specific topic, yes you have opt-ins on the sidebar, opt-ins on the bottom of the blog, uh, at the end of the post before they write comments, or maybe like a, a, a opt-in link at the very top. At the end of the day what you're trying to do is you're trying to make sure that whatever call to action you are having is very relevant to what they just read. It's not just a generic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I like ideally, and, and if you look at what HubSpot does, um, they like if you go to one of their their posts, their opt-ins below their posts are, are very smart. They not only will they relate specifically to the post, but they also won't show you stuff you've already opted into. And that's kind of that's kind of somewhere I want to take informally. Which at the moment it's basically telling you who's opting in on your site and getting you to connect with them on social media. Um, but I'd like to explore the idea of actually putting smart call to actions on there where you have a kind of a hierarchy of call to actions where people don't get the same thing over and over again. And um, e even just the sidebar thing, I mean, I, I don't even have a sidebar on my site because I, I find it doesn't convert very well. So just, just testing what converts well on your site is really important too um, and, and con continuously changing that. Um, I've got a scroll opt-in that comes mm -hmm. up which works quite well for me. I know pop-ups work well. I don't like them. I don't want to piss off my users, so I don't use them. But um, just testing all that stuff and, and doing what works can have a huge impact. Um, the, the other thing I, I did last month, the last month my conversions actually doubled. Um, wow. And so there's a bunch of different things I did. But one of the things I did was in the sidebar of my blog, there used to be like a recent posts yeah. thing. Um, and instead I replaced that with, so, so informally tells me, um, what content is basically high in terms of shareability. So it'll tell me like what percentage of people share this particular post and also tell me what percentage people convert on a particular post. So I, I filled that sidebar with my posts that are more likely to convert people and that are more likely to be shared. So rather than just putting your top posts in there or putting your most recent posts in there, put the ones that are more likely to be shared, more likely to convert people and that's going to have a big impact on on um, you know conversions. and giving people less options, like like when they go to my blog, there's, there's not really anything they can do. I mean, there's no recent posts, there's no related posts, there's only three menu items up the top, there's no sidebar opt-in. Um, there's not really anything that they can do other than opt-in to email or um, hit like a, one of those top top posts. So. And, and I get two main points from what you said in, in regards to really once the eyeballs on your site, getting them, your, your biggest goal is to get them to sign up, but that there are ways in which you can enhance that opportunity for them to sign up. And one of the ways you're doing it is that, you know, the opt-in uh, tools you have on each blog post, you've made it so that it's so relevant and so that the call, call to action is specific to that 
blog post itself and not just generic so that increases the uh, the, the, the conversion rate and the other thing that I got from that was also the fact that you've reduced any kind of distraction that people might be distracted when they get to your site maybe some sites you go you see Facebook link blah 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 and all that you just take out all that stuff and made it so minimal so that it's only two things you could do either you leave a comment or you sign up uh, uh, yeah. you know with the opt-in so less choices leads to more opt-ins I, I like that yeah. and um, Dan one of the things that uh, before we end the call uh, you know, someone who's been listening to this so far, the listener who's been listening to this so far, is seeing the value of you know content marketing to generate leads for their business, which eventually, via nurturing of the leads in form of an email system or whatever, gets them into sale. What's that first step that you know, the listener listening to this can take to get started with this whole you know content marketing uh, uh, process? Well, I like the Marcus Sheridan thing where he, he basically just writes down a bunch of questions you know, that are the type of questions that people are asking them. Um, I'm guessing your audience is pretty like savvy up, up with this kind of stuff and they probably already have a blog. Um, if, if that's the case, then I would say get more strategic around the type of content that you're creating. Um, make, sure, make sure that you're hitting that, that kind of tipping point where your content really is getting shared a lot and if it's not, then copy what other people are doing. That's what I did. Copy, copy what I'm doing. Um, if it's if it's relevant to you, like get a lot of experts to comment on your content. Do highly graphical stuff. Do something interactive. Um, do something that researches a lot of posts, includes a lot of data. A lot of the posts that I do also just reveal a whole bunch of information. Like I do my monthly reports that are really popular. Mm -hmm. um, people people really love to see that data. See what's working, what's not working. Um, and I think just create better content. If your content isn't getting that kind of high level of shareability, then there's only two problems. One is you don't have enough eyeballs on it, or two is that it's not good enough content. So to me, there's two clear courses of action for that. And, it's, and one of them is not creating more of that same content. Definitely. And Dan, I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time to you know, you know, do this interview and you know, sharing all this good stuff about content marketing. And what's the best way the audience, you know, the listener listening to you so far, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Uh, thank you for doing this interview. Yeah, cool. Um, so my site is informed.ly um, and on that page you'll just see the information about the software which helps you basically understand who's converting on your site and helps you create better content by knowing what's working. Um, and informed.ly forward slash blog is my blog and all my social stuff's up there. Um, I actually quite like Facebook. I'm on there quite a bit so add, add me on Facebook or hit me up on Twitter or, or whatever but informed.ly is, is where it's all listed. So yeah, thanks for having me man. It's been cool. Thanks for doing the interview, and uh, as a listener, you're listening to this. If you found it valuable, uh, please uh, reach out to Dan and thank him for doing the interview. And also check out Informly because you know if you're doing all this content marketing, you need to be able to justify. You know, if, if you you cannot improve what you cannot track, so you need to be able to justify and figure out. Okay, is this content really helping me to generate uh, leads, which I can actually turn into sale? That's what Informly does for you. It, it helps you to you know to justify the content that you're creating. And so if you find this uh, content uh, valuable, also share with another entrepreneur who you think will uh, be interested in learning how to get better at content marketing. You see how I just made the call to action relevant? That's it. Go ahead. If you have comments and stuff on the episode as well, I'll make sure I jump on your side and respond to those comments. So if people have comments, then just feel free to put them on your side and I'll, I'll come over and answer any questions. Thank you very much for doing the interview. And we're done.